0: Seventeen thirty. Yeah. If I could bring it back, I'll probably brush. Rewind, 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 rewind. Hey, hey, it's your girl KV, and I'd like to welcome you to the Hood Health Report. Make sure you follow the show pages. Hood Health Report on Instagram and Facebook and Hood Health Pod on Twitter. So this week, as you can see from the title and the cover art, we have another Rewind episode. So basically just running past some old topics with some updated articles about the different issues that we've covered in the past. So let's get started. Who said that? First up, we're going to run it back to episode 2, which was What You Mean You Vaccine, with this news article by BuzzFeed News, and it reads, unvaccinated children are now barred from going to school in New York, and their anti-vax parents are really mad. Last summer, Amid the worst measles outbreak in decades, New York passed a law that says children who are not vaccinated cannot attend classes. Furious anti-vax parents in New York were posting memes and images of sad children and have shown up in person to protest the governor. The mandate enacted last June prohibits the school from permitting any child to be admitted to such school or to attend such school in excess of 14 days without sufficient evidence that the child has received all age-appropriate required vaccinations. State health officials told BuzzFeed News that 26,217 unvaccinated New York children in public schools, private schools, daycares, and pre-kindergarten programs claimed religious exemptions during the 2017-18 school year. New York ended religious exemptions for vaccines in June, following the worst measles outbreak the state had seen in decades. Faced with no other options except vaccinating their children, other New York parents also posted about beginning to homeschool their children. Now, I don't know if y'all remember those posts from late last year when they were posting like, this fountain is for vaccinated children only, or... People were protesting with their kids outside with these signs about how it wasn't cool to keep them out of school and they're healthy, so why would they leave them out of school? And parents just majorly outraged because their germy little unvaccinated children can't go to school. Oh, fucking well, Susan. Nobody wants to get smallpox or polio or measles from your child because someone told you that autism is caused by vaccines so you won't vaccinate your children no we don't have the time we don't and you know it's kind of um sad when you see the foolery spill over into the us community because we always want to laugh at the others and be like that's that white people shit," but it's not anymore recently erica dixon from love and hip-hop atlanta little scrappy's baby mama She posted about how her twins have never been sick and they've never been vaccinated. And the same for Lyra Galore. They both were posting about how they're not vaccinating their children because their children are healthy, their children are fine. And what's the point in vaccinating their children? And it's just so disappointing for people to be so misinformed because of course your child is healthy now but once they get into school and daycare and they're in contact with all of these other children all of these people on the trains the subways parks wherever where they could pick up some disease then yeah they might not be so healthy and by then it'll probably be too late and now you got to and then on twitter in the midst of lyra and erica stating that they will not vaccinate their children the the twitter spirit just started going crazy and somehow in the mix people started claiming that babies is catching alzheimer's (laughs) from the vaccinations and i just remember getting on twitter and being like alzheimer's babies getting alzheimer's like what is happening out here And then, you know, doing a little investigation and getting to the root of the problem and seeing that y'all said that Alzheimer's is caused by vaccinations and babies is catching Alzheimer's, I was just too through, just too through. Next up, we're going to throw it back to episode three. And episode three was Black Women Woes, where we talked about maternal mortalities and how it affects the black female population more so than the white female population in the U.S. So for an update with that, we have U.S. Representative Gwen Moore launches Mamas First Act to make services of doulas midwives eligible for Medicaid coverage. Introduced May 15th, the Act proposes an expansion of Medicaid coverage to expectant mothers who seek services provided by doulas and midwives. These healthcare workers provide mothers with key support throughout pregnancy that mitigates birth complications and other adverse outcomes. As millions of low-income women gain access to these services, Moore expects her measure, if enacted into law, would help reduce maternal and infant mortality. Studies have found links between doula and midwife use and positive pregnancy outcomes such as reduced rates of cesarean sections and shorter labor times. While midwives play similar roles as obstetricians, doulas provide expectant mothers with continuous emotional support and advocacy throughout the pregnancy. Though doulas do not provide direct medical care, they can play key roles in educating and empowering soon-to-be mothers. Still, as more moves forward with the act, several key points must be addressed. Cammy Thomas, co-founder of Black Radical Reproductive Justice Organization, Maroon Calabash, said that legislators must ensure accessible and sufficient reimbursement for services provided by doulas and midwives. She also called for infrastructure to ensure that community-based providers, those who live in the same communities as the women that they treat and are fluent in that community's culture, can achieve training and certification. Black and brown doulas must be at the table when we're implementing legislation like this. And you know, they are absolutely right. If we want to alleviate this disparity that is affecting black and brown women, we kind of need black and brown women in the process. Because if we're just adding more of a population that cannot relate to the equation, we're going to run into the same problems. So the next update for black women woes, California takes new steps to stop black women from dying in childbirth. Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill requiring implicit bias training for health care providers serving pregnant people. The legislation, authored by California State Senator Holly Mitchell, will require hospitals and clinics in the state to implement implicit bias training for all health care providers working in perinatal services. The bill also requires the state's health department to track and publish additional data around pregnancy-related deaths in an effort to better understand the issue. The U.S. has the worst maternal mortality rate among all developed countries, although the risk of pregnancy-related deaths is three to four times higher for black women than for white women. Most pregnancy-related deaths in the United States are fully preventable, and they can happen up to a year after the person gives birth according to a recent CDC report bias implicit or explicit should no longer impact a woman's ability to deliver a full-term baby or to survive childbirth I charge black women to ask their provider before selecting an obstetrician have you gone through implicit bias training because I want to increase the likelihood of my survival when delivering this baby and you know that is so real you know I know it might be difficult for some people to be that blunt in such a situation but you have to be black women are losing their lives left and right because a doctor doesn't believe that they're really feeling the pain that they have or a doctor doesn't believe that they're going into labor and they go home and immediately have the baby after leaving the hospital so we have to learn to be more vocal and also implementing these services having the accessibility to doulas and midwives who can act in our favor and work in our best interest and not just give us a c-section because it's the holidays and they want to get home no you need to take the care with that woman and let the baby do what it does naturally not just rushing it out into a new environment because you got shit to do so shout out to these women and these Policy makers who are doing the things that need to be done to help save these lives. Next up, we're going to rewind back to episode four, which was "Don't Touch My Hair," and we're going to talk about this DeAndre Arnold case, where he was suspended from his Texas high school because they said that he was in violation of the school policy because he had locks. Um, everyone by now should have heard of the animated film. Hair Love by Matthew A. Cherry, but it was nominated for an Oscar. And Gabrielle Union and NBA champion Dwayne Wade, who were producers of the film, invited DeAndre Arnold to the Oscars. So, you know, what a crazy turn of events to first be suspended for having locks when you've been growing your hair for since the seventh grade, and then to turn around and be invited to the Oscars for the nomination of Hair Love. A film about embracing your hair regardless of what other people have to say. And also, Ellen had invited him on the show and gave him a $20,000 scholarship for school. So I thought that was really great and something that needed to be highlighted. How, you know, these terrible moments can turn into something good and turn into an enlightening moment. So shout out to deandre arnold shout out to ellen shout out to gabrielle union and Dwayne wade and shout out to matthew cherry for the oscar nomination and while we're on the topic of school next up we're going to throw it back to the episode five uncuff our kids where we talked about the school to prison pipeline and just all of the obstacles that are in place to trip up black and brown kids to get them into the prison industrial system and get them out of school and getting an education. So currently, drug testing in the schools is a really big thing, which is, you know, as we spoke about, quite absurd because why spend all of these money and resources on drug testing the students when you could spend it like funding for different programs or textbooks or just better environments and resources in general. But no, we rather police our children instead. So this next article which um, I'm going to post is from The Root. I encourage you guys to read it because the writer Michael Harriet, is, he's a hoot. And the way that this was written was so It was so fubu, so for us, by us, so definitely had to highlight this, but such an unfortunate circumstance again. High school student expelled for smelling like weed despite two negative test results. A black student was suspended and later expelled from an Ohio high school not for possessing or using marijuana, but after multiple school employees agreed that he smelled like the substance. After completing a preliminary nasal detection test, Jordan said the teacher asked other teachers, along with school principal, to use their biologically based drug detection devices, also known as noses, to confirm the results of the rudimentary odor analysis. After reaching a consensus that Jordan indeed reeked of the sticky ickiness, the principal searched Jordan's pockets, sweatpants, and his shoes. And then the writer Michael Harriet gets into the two type of Black mamas that exist, and um, how this scenario could and can go when they gotta get off work and come up to this school, right? Forget about poverty rates and food insecurities. The big, the biggest threat to the safety and welfare of most Black children is having their mothers having to take off work because their child don't know how to act around white folks. In fact, if one were to ask most black children to detail their worst possible nightmare, it will invariably involve a scenario where they broke the number one infraction in most households. Don't make me have to come up to that school. So, um, his mother works as a registered nurse. So when she got to the Ohio high school, she had a drug test with her and made him test in front of the accusers because, you know, she just couldn't believe her son would do something like that. And, you know, if she had to take off work to come up there to to get him, that she was going to be sure, but he passed the drug test, but since she was already off work after undoubtedly giving Jonathan the all too familiar just wait till I get your ass home look the mother took him to an urgent care medical facility and had him drug tested once more for good measure he passed again but the school still suspended him the school pointed to their handbook explanation of class B illegal behavior which punishes students who come to school with the smell of alcohol or marijuana on his or her breath or person or showing signs of consumption, regardless of when or where the marijuana or alcoholic beverage was consumed. A few days later, he and his mother received an email notification that he was expelled from the Ohio school. While the principal and the district would not discuss the specifics of his expulsion, in a statement, the principal said, we provide all students considered for expulsion or suspension an opportunity to speak against possible discipline And to otherwise tell their side of the story so then the writer kind of goes into you know how do all of these people know what marijuana smells like if it's also forbidden for any of the school employees to use it and also you know there's no scientific fact that you can sniff out marijuana it's shows to evidence that drug sniffing dogs have often misidentified the smell of marijuana. So, why wouldn't people? And, you know, this just kind of shows signs of discrimination all over it. Like, these people could be in cahoots to get this boy out of here for all we know. Because there was no drugs in his system. So, what is there to really say if he went through, not even really two, but the third... The, third, the first test that was conducted, so that's three tests total that said this boy had absolutely no marijuana in his system, but is still expelled from school. Sounds like some bullshit to me. Mind. Mind. This next article is a throwback to episode six, which was titled The Vagina Monologues, where I had a guest on and we talked about just... The different obstacles that women face to get hygiene products, and you know, when poor children in schools can't have access to sanitary items and having to miss school, and just all of the problems that it causes to just be a woman. So, a Maryland bill makes free menstrual hygiene products available in schools. Requiring a public school to install menstrual hygiene product dispensers in at least two restrooms on or before August 1st, 2020, and in all restrooms on or before August 1st, 2024. And defining menstrual hygiene products as size-appropriate tampons or sanitary napkins for use in connection with the menstrual cycle. Reads the synopsis. Delegate Kirill Resnick sponsored the bill and said that providing the products and dispensers would alleviate the stigma around menstruation. When we make students go to the nurse to get menstrual hygiene products, potentially waiting in the line behind students with actual medical needs, we cause them to miss more class time. According to the State of the Period Study, more than 84 percent of students in the United States have missed class time or know someone who has because they did not have access to menstrual products new york california virginia and illinois have all made similar initiatives to provide menstrual products to students so you know such a wonderful accomplishment hopefully this spreads nationwide we can get this going in tennessee georgia all of the states where menstrual products are provided to girls in school that it's free it's accessible we don't have to stress about whether whether these young girls can get these items or not and also making sure that we can get them in the jail systems as well because incarcerated women have a lot of trouble accessing these items too so shout out to maryland for that great accomplishment next up i'm gonna throw it back to episode seven which was the earth is on fire. Not gonna really read an article, just wanna talk about the fact that these natural disasters are happening and it seems like they're happening harder with more severity, just more frequently. We have earthquakes and sinkholes in the Cayman Islands and Cuba, the fires in Australia. There's the permafrost that is thawing in the Arctic Ocean and that's also causing sinkholes. So, It's like every time I get on Twitter or I look at the news, it's another disaster and another sinkhole. And, you know, it's kind of scary. It's like, damn, is the earth just going to like turn inside out one day? What is happening? So many sinkholes coming up all over the world. All of these natural disasters, these fires and just, you know, if you believe in God, a God, the God, just pray. Pray to your God, the universe, whoever, and stop polluting the damn earth. I saw an article where the Fukushima site, they're trying to pollute the waters because they have all of this factory waste. And what else are we going to do about it versus letting it evaporate or pouring it into the ocean? And so, you know, take care of the earth and it will take care of you fuck with the earth and it'll fuck with you back that's how it's looking so okay so these next few articles will be the throwback to episode 11 on big pharma and so the first is from cnn business and it is titled sick of high drug prices insurers join hospitals to make their own generic medications Everyone complains about high drug prices, but hospitals and now insurers are trying to lower costs by manufacturing their own generic medications. A consortium of seven hospital systems and three philanthropies have come together to found Civica RX in the fall of 2018. The nonprofit venture works with generic drug companies to manufacture medications that are in short supply or subject to price spikes. These shortages force hospitals to look for alternative, and at times more expensive, supplies, which can cost them a total of hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Civica's first medicine, an antibiotic, became available in late September. Now it is supplying 18 generic drugs, including blood thinners and pain medications, to nearly 50 health systems, representing more than 1,200 member hospitals. The nonprofit plans to build its own production facility within the next five years, which would allow it to provide more than 100 medications. Now insurers want in. The Blue Cross Blue Shield Association along with 18 independent Blue Cross and Blue Shield insurers announced Thursday they are pumping $55 million into Civica to form a a subsidiary aimed at lowering the price of costly generic drugs consumers buy at pharmacies and through mail order. The subsidiary will initially focus on manufacturing seven to 10 high-priced medications, with the first ones available by early 2022. The group is talking to other insurers, retail pharmacies, and employers about joining the effort which is expected to save hundreds of millions of dollars for consumers annually. The high cost of prescription medication is a top concern among Americans. Insurers and hospitals complain that drug makers set overly high list price for brand name drugs. Pharmaceutical companies accuse insurers and others in the supply chain of failing to pass the discounts they receive to patients. The generic drug industry also faces problems. Sometimes when a drug's prices falls too low, a company stops making it, creating a shortage. A lack of raw materials or production problems can also lead to reduced supplies. There are more than 100 medications on the Food and Drug Administration's drug shortage list. While generic drugs are typically inexpensive, some manufacturers have hiked prices in recent years. The spikes sparked a congressional investigation in 2014 led by Bernie Sanders, and the late democratic representative elijah cummings they pointed to a decades-old antibiotic whose price shot up from twenty dollars to one thousand eight hundred and forty nine dollars in a matter of months so i think this will be a really interesting thing to follow i'll definitely keep my eye on civica rx over the years and provide any updates on how they're doing what other hospital systems join the fold and just the different drugs that they roll out and and make available to these people that would generally have to go into debt to get that medication so shout out to these people for seeing a problem and trying to create a solution so while we're on the topic of price hikes and medications and just being more accessible to the public I think is very important to note that the Illinois governor signed a law that is capping insulin costs at $100 per month and that is effective immediately so shout out to the governor of Illinois because you know people are dying because they're not able to afford their insulin or they're rationing their insulin or the generic product doesn't work as well as the name brand products that they need to survive. So shout out to the people also making a difference in the world of diabetes. And then the next one in this big pharma segment, FDA issues warning to Dollar Tree about selling potentially unsafe drugs. The US Food and Drug Administration has issued a warning letter to Dollar Tree for receiving over-the-counter drugs produced by foreign manufacturers that have been found to be adulterated including acne treatment pads and assured brand drugs. The letter outlines multiple violations of manufacturing practices at those contract manufacturers used to produce Dollar Tree's assured brand over-the-counter drugs as well as other drug products sold at Dollar Tree and Family Dollar Stores. Americans expect and deserve drugs that are safe, effective, and that meet our standards of quality. The importation and distribution of drugs and other products from manufacturers that violates federal law is unacceptable. The company has 15 working days to respond to the FDA in writing, the warning says, And failure to promptly correct the violations may result in legal action without further notice, including, without limitation, seizure and injunction. The letter details have shown a pattern of serious violation of the law, such as not testing raw materials or drugs for pathogens and quality. Now, this article was published in November, and we haven't seen much updates of you know googled a bunch went on different sites to see if we have any updates about this whole dollar tree and fake drug business and we don't so that's interesting because this definitely said that 15 days they have 15 days to respond so to not hear anything two months later hmm. lastly we are going to rewind back to episode 14 which was aliens ancestors and ai and so we got some some tech updates first up bbc news reports that face app may pose counterintelligence threat says fbi the fbi comments come amid rising u.s concerns that products made by foreign tech firms could pose security risk the FBI also said it would act if it found any evidence of foreign political meddling through the application which alters users photos to make them look older or younger and um if you haven't heard of this app yet you know it's been said that they're using these face apps to either um change different features or make people older or younger so that they can make these fake social media accounts to spread different propaganda. So as we reported on this episode, there was a large number of accounts that were seemingly black women spreading the propaganda of vaccines causing autism. So do with that what you will. And while we're here... I want to talk about Clearview AI, which is another app, or proposed app, or something that they're trying to do, which they absolutely fucking don't. But it's said that if you're just walking down the street and you see somebody that you're like, oh, who is this person? Or, oh, is that who I think it is? You can snap a picture of this person and the app will bring up all of their social media, a bunch of pictures of them. Their address and all of this other personal information that you don't need to have on for someone if they don't give it to you. So it's ridiculous the invasion of privacy that we're subjected to just because we are such a, a developed nation and we have all this technology and we gotta have phones in our hands at all times, knowing that Siri is listening to us, unless Alexa is listening to us at all times, and we do nothing about it we just buy more of these products to spy on us and to dictate our every move basically so i say all that to say you know slow down on technology sometimes guys i know it gets real convenient and looks real cool but stop buying these ring cameras because they've already told you that they are so incredibly easy to hack People are just hacking them. I know there was the one story where the man hacked the ring system and was taunting this little girl that was just playing in her room. And the mother was saying, you know, the reason that she had the camera in her room is because she worked at night and her daughter had seizures. So she wanted to always be able to watch her daughter to make sure that she's not having an unsupervi- unsupervised medical episode that needed to be tended to. But creepy people these hackers are hacking into the cameras and taunting these people stealing information doing whatever they please with it and it's just ridiculous that we know this and we still continue to buy the alexa buy the ring camera buy all of these things that have already you know used the face app we already know that these things mean us no good but whatever technology right well, all right, the dog is stirring around, so I guess we can end here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you follow the show pages, Hood Health Report at Instagram on Facebook, Hood Health Pod on, on Twitter, Hood Health Pod on Twitter. If you're on the Facebook, make sure you like the page, leave a review, leave any comments, like the post, If you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. And thanks for listening. I'll catch you next week. Thanks and goodbye.